Well, today we uh, continue with the third installment of this current series entitled Unusual. And we're talking about living an unusual kind of life, being unusual people, because normal just isn't working. And we've talked about the many different ways that we see people living normal lives and just how broken it winds up being. And so our theme passage for the series has been and is Matthew seven thirteen and 14, where Jesus said, Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The call of Jesus is to depart from what's normal around us. He's saying that most of the people you live with, work with, and go to school with, they're normal people. They're not killers. They don't look like these wicked people that you would think are far out of step with God. But he says the truth of the matter is most of the people you know are traveling a wide road and is a road that leads to destruction. And the call is to depart from that and to live a very different kind of life, an unusual life. And so we've said sort of the theme thought for the whole series has been, if you want what normal people have, then you just go ahead and do what normal people do. But if you want what few people have, you're going to have to do what only a few people are willing to do. And so today we're really going to press into the heart of the matter about, so what is it about people who are fully devoted followers of Jesus, and we said, you know, you can't follow Jesus wholeheartedly and it not make a very unusual person out of you, but what is it about these fully devoted followers of Jesus that makes them so fundamentally different? And today we're going to talk about a big part of that, and it is how they deal with the desires that tend to drive us. We're looking at a message that I've entitled Unusual Desires. Now, the truth of the matter is one of the things that we share in common across the board, everybody here today, everyone listening online, we all have the same kinds of desires. We all have the same kinds of drives. You get hungry and you don't want to go ride a horse. You want to go eat food, right? We all have the same drives. You, you get hungry, you want to feed your body. You get thirsty, you want to have something to drink. You get revved up sexually and you want some physical pleasure to satisfy that. Those are universal things. And we could just continue with the list. You know, you get angry, you get agitated, and you want to be able to vent that. You want to be able to express that anger. We have the same kinds of drives for happiness, for pleasure, for success, for excitement. We're driven by these things. And much of what we have a drive for, it's stuff that's pre-wired in by God, but it's been taken as a result of the fall and the presence of evil in the world. It's been taken beyond something that's helpful and needed to an extreme that's really destructive. And that's not hard to figure out, is it? I mean, you look around at how two-thirds of America is overweight. And you realize this healthy, God-given drive that when we need food and our body's crying out for nourishment, that we feel hunger and we go chasing after food. Well, that's a normal, healthy, God-given thing. But we take that way beyond what's healthy, don't we? That's why we wind up overweight and having all these health issues. And that applies to so many other different areas of our lives. Well, the truth of the matter is that there's a world system now around us which seeks to feed these cravings in us in unhealthy ways. And it's what John's talking about in 1 John two sixteen when he says, For the world offers you only, and he's going to list the three primary types of drives that the world seeks to offer us stuff. A craving for physical pleasure a craving for everything we see, and pride in our accomplishments and possessions. 
These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Now in that list, and that list I realize, if you've been in church for long, you probably are accustomed to that in a different translation, where it's translated as the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's the same thing, the New Living Translation is just trying to give that in a more understandable form you know the cravings for pleasure it's not hard to fill in the blanks on what those things look like is it that the things that the world is going to feed in you in that regard eat all you want and keep on eating drink all you want until you've got a buzz and keep on drinking smoke all you want until it you know satisfies that craving in you have all the sex that you need to keep you feeling good when your body is in any way fatigued, rest it. Get all the rest that, that you can get because you know, all of these things are experiences of pleasure. When you think about the, uh, the lust of the eyes, it's the desire to acquire, the, the need to possess. It's that thing that we see a sale sign and think, ooh, got to check that out. might be an opportunity to save some money, right? And then the, the last thing... The whole thing of, of needing to succeed, the pride of life, we tend to equate that with people who operate in the business world. It's like, yeah, that's about men who are driven and they've got to get you know, promotions and they've got to be recognized and make more money. But understand that basic drive that can run too far, that can ultimately drive us, listen, that can be just as true of a woman who's a homemaker. It just comes out in a little bit different form. You know, that person, this, this need to achieve and, and be recognized, the desire for success. Success looks different for a homemaker, doesn't it? That's the woman who it's like, my home has always got to be in order, and my children, you know, I've got to have 3.2 children that all look just right, and their hair's always just right, and they always act just right, they never misbehave, and the public perception has got to be, I succeeded as a mother because my family is well cared for, my home is well cared for, and my children are well behaved. Do you see how that's a pride of life issue when we go beyond just the normal stuff of caring for our kids to, no, you have got to make us look good in public, got to make me look good in public. All of these things are, you know, drives that just run too far. And here's what's normal. What's normal is that one of those three is the big stumbling block for you. By the way, do you know what that is for you? When you look at that list, are you able to home in and go, yeah, I don't struggle a lot with that. This one, uh, sort of, but this one, uh-huh. Because every person here, one of those three towers above the other two as like it's the part of your makeup that tends to drive you. It's normal that one of those three would be a bigger deal for you, but here's what's really normal. It's normal that those drives, those desires would drive you and that for at least portions of your life, they would control you. That's normal. And Jesus has called you to be something other than normal. He's called you to leave normal and to be really unusual. And what we're going to do today is I'm going to share with you, just by way of contrast, two things that are typical about how normal people deal with these drives and desires and two things that are distinctly different about how these unusual followers of Christ deal with these drives and desires in a completely different way. So we start with what's normal. And the first thing that we'll say is this. Normal people want what they want now, not later. Say those last three words with me. Now, not later. One more time. Now, not later. How many of you know that's a fact? 
that we want what we want now. We do not want to have to wait on it. We are an immediate gratification generation, are we? I mean, you know, there's nothing that demonstrates that more than our microwaves in the kitchen, right? We, we hate to think that we would actually have to wait for something, you know, to be heated back up in the stove when you own a microwave because it's almost instantaneous. And we want life to be that way. I don't want to have to wait to save money. I don't want to have to wait to get fed. I, I, I want what I want now. And I'll just be honest with you and confess that as I've wrestled with this series and wrestled with these issues, one of the things that has just really come into focus that I don't like that I realized about me is a major area of struggle for me is food and allowing food to really control me. And I don't like that. I don't like to feel like there's any drive in me that, that controls me. But just being completely honest with you, I look back and I realize that going back to May 1st of last year through the end of January this year, in a span of nine months, I consistently gained two pounds a month and gained 18 pounds in nine months. And I feel every bit of that. And February rolled around and I looked in the mirror and I looked at the scales and I've been watching this happen and just realized, wow, this is a really rotten trend. I, I don't like how I feel now. And I'm thinking, this time a year from now, if I continue this trend, I can do the math. That's 24, 25 more pounds that I add to where I am right now. I don't like that thought in a year and in two years. And I don't even like the way I feel right now. And so a couple of weeks ago, I just bit the bullet and said, all right, enough is enough. And I got back on the wagon. It's not a real happy thing getting back on this wagon. I'm changing my eating habits. I'm, I'm eating healthy portions and healthier foods. And that's not a, a happy place to be to begin with, making that adjustment. And I, I'm just telling this to, to you to point out what a real thing this is that over the course of those nine months, I didn't feel out of control. Didn't feel like I had a problem. I felt very normal. You know why? Because that's exactly how I've been acting when it came to food. And I would have actually said I was maybe a step above normal because I try and eat, you know, a lot of healthy foods and make some wise choices and go to the gym regularly, do that kind of stuff. But I'm sort of like a, a friend who told me that what their grandmother said who just never could lose weight. And she finally just told him one day, she said, I just don't understand this thing. You know, I eat all this healthy stuff that the doctor tells me to eat. And by the time I eat that and then all the stuff that I want... I, I just have a hard time getting all this stuff down. And I'm like, yeah, I think that's how I've been eating, you know. I eat the healthy stuff, and in between I eat the stuff that I'm craving. In the last two weeks since I've been back eating a healthy diet, there have been times I want to gnaw my arm and eat it off. Just eat it off my body. I mean, I could just about roast a dog right now and eat it. I, I, I'm so hungry. Just anything looks good. And it's crazy how... When you begin to take control of a drive that has controlled you, how much it just feels like, I don't like this. It's all that I can think about. I want to satisfy this, and I want to satisfy it now. I don't want to wait until the next mealtime. Well, that's how normal people think. It's, it's all about the now. Jesus told a little story that is, is a great example of this kind of mindset. This is the story of the prodigal son. If you've been in church for long, you know the story. A father had two sons, and one of them was the responsible, hardworking one that always did what you expected. And the other one, the younger one, he was the one who always wanted more, and he wanted to party, he wanted to have a good time. And so in uh, Luke fifteen twelve, Jesus said, The younger son told his father, 
I want my share of the estate when? Now. Before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. That's a picture of normal. I want it. I want everything I've got coming, and I don't want to have to wait for you to die. I want it now. Friends, this is the mindset that leads that teenage couple that, oh, he's so hot, and she's so fine, and they've started dating, and they're sweet on each other, and they've exchanged some I love yous. It's what causes that couple to decide that the same kind of pleasure and intimacy that grown, mature people who are living in the boundaries of marriage, that all the pleasure that they get to enjoy, well, why shouldn't we get it now? We care about each other. And we're not hurting anybody else. It's my body. It's your body. If we choose to do this, we should get to enjoy that kind of pleasure and not have to wait. We don't want to wait for marriage. We don't want to wait until we're older and more mature. We feel this now. We want to experience it now. And that's normal. That is what normal teenagers do. They hook up. They have sex when they want to have sex. Because that's just normal today. And lest we pick on the teenagers. I'll tell you what's normal for folks like you and me. You know, the wife buys a half gallon of ice cream. as a part of what you're going to be serving at small group on Wednesday night. We go in there and look in the fridge and it's like, oh yeah, Millennium Crunch. That's not for anything special, is it? Yeah, that's for small group on Wednesday night. Uh, that's three nights away. Yep, they're going to have to wait till Wednesday night. But I don't want to wait. I'm craving ice cream now. You know what's going to happen. Somebody's going to have to go back to the grocery store and buy some more ice cream because two nights from now, there's not going to be any left in the house. Why? Because this is how we think. If I want ice cream now, that does not translate into great. That means for three days, I get to look forward to having ice cream on Wednesday night. Wrong. I want ice cream now. There's ice cream in my freezer. That means we're going to have to buy some more ice cream, right? That's what the here and now mindset is all about. They want what they want now. And the second thing we'll say about normal people is normal people will trade the ultimate for the immediate. We're going to really camp on this because this is a big deal. We're talking about a willingness to swap the greatness of the future for immediate gratification here and now. There's such a great Bible story that illustrates this. It's in the Old Testament. It's the story of twin brothers, Jacob and Esau. Do you remember these guys? They are the grandsons of Abraham. Abraham has the son of promise, Isaac, and Isaac has twin sons, Jacob and Esau. Now, in their day, it is a big, big deal as to who the firstborn son is because he is given special status for his entire life. He's going to be the second in command to his father. He is going to be an inheritor of uh, of a double portion. You know, if there are five kids, well, then all of the wealth of the family, when the parents die, is going to be split six ways, and the oldest one is going to get two portions out of the six. They always get a double portion. He's going to be the executor of the estate. He gets this most favored status, and it is his 